You're not going to carry on? No. Okay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. Wowzers, wow in my powsers. Jesus Christ, we're going again. This is happening. This is real. Pinch yourself. We're here. The boys are back in town. We're ready to give you another spicy episode of Boys Gone Wild. Annoyingly, annoyingly, the biggest event of this year... Ah! Has uh, did happen two hours after we recorded our last podcast, which means it's literally for a topical news podcast. This is what's called in the business as a fucking nightmare, because it means that our reactions to the attack, the brutal attack, people are calling it the second nine eleven that happened in the capital. Um, we 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 we're going to wait ten days to respond to it, but we're here. Um, I think the takes can be so spicy, so stanky that we'll make up for lost time. And I feel we've now had time to ruminate, like a you know, like a rich steak that you've you, you've put salt, pepper, thyme, rosemary, butter. You've let it sink in. It's going to taste richer, and we're going to be all the happier for it. Um, how are you, Andrew? Speaking of unfortunate timings of things, um, I realised that I missed out a story that happened to me. Oh yeah. Um, a few weeks back in a pre-lockdown Britain. If you can cast your minds back to such a pre-topian, is that maybe is there a? No, I think there's space for you to really push forward with that though. Pre-topian, a pre-topian world. Um, I had three of my lady friends over, friends that are ladies, and um, they were all sitting. Sounds around. like a harem. Do you want to? Yeah. Do make I make it sound less? There were three of my friends. Yes, like you're a sexist womanizer. There were no, because they're purely my friends who are women. See, yes. I think only no, a no. sexist womanizer would call up on that. Use no, of I'm just saying, with your uh, reputation and your consistent conversations about sex, and your no shame at all in being libidinally charged. Well, this story um, isn't going to suit me that well. Then. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they were over, and it's three of my platonic female friends uh-huh. that, um, and they were I was entertaining them at the house someone got friend zone triple time yeah it's a fucking nightmare out here <laughs> um, so I try to end the friend zone with it. Um, but what happened was they were all the three of them were sitting behind <laughs> there I was I was on good form you know the jokes were going well I was can making, I give a tiny bit of context yeah is that Andrew um, Andrew does like to crack jokes and he's Quite, he can be quite reserved with people he doesn't know, but as soon as it's like, or like in big spaces in public, but as soon as it's like a small room with people he knows very, very well, then it's it, it's really quite a wild sight because he has more confidence than ge- genuinely anyone I've ever seen comedically. And I'm, I, I'm in the comedy world, I see stand-ups all the time, and I've never seen anyone with more confidence comedically than Andrew in a small room with people he knows very, very well. It's terrifying, to be honest, because he, he does every single bit he goes for, he goes for so hard. If it's funny or not, you have to laugh, because it's like, you're scared he might kill you, you know, not even out of insecurity, just because that energy has to go somewhere. But anyway, carry on. So in that, in that light, in that light, um, they were, we were, the conversation went somewhere and I can't remember where, um, but it isn't actually important because the joke that I decided to do was pull a Mooney in front of these three. Do you have no idea what the context No, and, and there was no context. <laughs> that was part of it was that, you know. You were drinking a bit and you got a bit excited. I'd, only, I'd only had one beer at that point. You haven't seen point. your friends for a while. Yeah, well, I guess I had, I'd only had one. It wasn't an alcohol thing. I had only had one beer and then I was like, right, this is the time to, <laughs> to execute the jugular here. So then the three of them were literally sitting on the other side of the room to me. So I just then pulled my trousers <laughs> Trousers down and partially mooned them. 
as I how thought. How partially? A half, a good a half, half maybe three quarters. Um, you can't remember them when you're like in the, when you're in the flow. Sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm kind of expecting a raucous, haha, he's just showed us his bum. Yeah, because it's so outrageous. I mean, it's probably not the most well-crafted joke. No, oh it's, God, it's, 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 it's childish. Just, it's the shock value, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just it's went... the I, shock value look, of you I just being some, there and before you know it, you're looking at your eyes. I just done some cutting satire on the NHS and various other kind of, you know, intellectual jokes. I thought now it's time to give the audience <laughs> the full scope of what I can bring to this entertainment. Um, and they, none of them laughed. Um, <laughs> uh, zero, zero of them reacted in any way. So it wasn't even like, it wasn't shock because they, they all knew, I guess they all knew me well enough and had probably seen my bum at one point and it wasn't like a ridiculously <laughs> insane thing to do. Um, but so then I then found myself with my trousers down facing the other way and then hearing silence behind me uh, as this is going on. And so that is that was that. It was a failed attempt, uh, a kind of different kind of approach to me. Yeah, but that because it, 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 it must be quite a weird. You probably didn't plan for the idea of getting no laughs. No, you'd either expect you'd either expect shock, horror, or like, like at least a reaction. But in silence, <laughs> that's the worst you can wish. hope for. If I you're mooning, yeah, <laughs> the last reaction you want is indifference. Is indifference. <laughs> I wouldn't wish from for my worst enemy. To have his trousers down in front of three women who just aren't reacting in any way whatsoever. It's brutal. It's, it's How very... did you do it? So, well, uh, I just I just I just pulled my trousers up at the end of it, and then what? In what I, what's your expression when you're pulling it up? Oh, I think I went. Well, that didn't did go well. Did you scuttle off? I scuttled off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, I need to go get a drink. Did they now, not stop their conversation? I think they kind of. It was one where they were like, yeah, talking, 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 and then looked. Then yeah, I couldn't continue <laughs> the conversation. Continue the conversation. Yeah, but. So that happened to me quite a few weeks ago, but mm. we forgot to um, recap that. And I mean, none of the girls were like fully. Well, it was never brought up. After. None of the girls were fully, fully English. Uh, yeah. Oh no, not no, not fully, fully. No. So I wonder if it's like maybe we come from families where where that shouldn't doesn't happen. Well, where like, they're used to families who do. No, that. no, I think maybe it's like we, we come from a more slapstick tradition. Yeah. Oh, oh so they just. <laughs> but then you'd expect shock. That's true. You'd expect a reaction. For yeah, but none, it's also, not one of them to have any kind of reaction. But the thing is, with the audiences you play to, and normally people who know you very, very well, and the downside of those audiences is that you know they're sick of your shit. Yeah, you know? true. So it means- and that was yeah. I guess you can only fake laugh so much <laughs> until you then just have to show indifference to try and get a discouraged. Well, I'm sure they're like because you you do get your ass out a lot, and it is a it's funny. It's a funny. It's a comedy ass. Oh, that be fair. much? No, it's you do no. You do get I? your bum out. I, I can literally get a picture of you standing here with your ass out if you feel comfortable. Okay. Yeah, well, that's just one time. <laughs> yeah, you can get, you can, you can you show it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a funny bum because it's um, it's quite a feminine. Bum. It's quite a feminine bum because um, it's like it's like round like a drawing of a cartoon boy. You yeah. know, it's a very boy's ass. Yeah, where it's like a a kind of perfect little half sphere. Yeah, and it's, it's got no hair on it. It's, and it's, it's almost like if it wasn't so it's Caucasian, it would have a bit of shine to it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I should maybe start adding some cocoa butter on it or something just to really add to the. Yeah, it could easily be shined up. Whereas like me, I have like a non-existent ass where it's like I'm. Yeah, my you're, like, a, you're like bony skeleton. Yeah, from boy. from my neck to the back of my heel is a straight yeah. line. There's no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, well, so I, I never get my ass out for comedy because it's not a funny ass. It's upsetting, if anything. Yeah, because even if <laughs> even if it was the perfect point, if all the stars aligned and it was the perfect time to do a moon joke, yeah, people would still be repulsed by your mm. ass. Mm. No, I get it. I understand because you're a hairless hairless boy he's like a yeah, swimmer yeah. 
uh, but it's natural. There's no shaving yeah. really going on. It's like you're pretty much streamlined. Whereas I'm a very hairy, hairy man. Yeah, you're a hairy, hairy boy. And that's one of the uh, the many big differences. Uh, big balls, small cock. Big cock, small, small balls. balls. Uh, catty dad, messy slut. Uh, hairy, hairy, no hairy, no hair. Yeah. So now we finally we're, we're finally kind of getting to more to the heart into, of into what the is picture. the dynamic. What's and people say it's like oh my god there's so little diversity on boys gone wild it's just two you know white privately educated boys oh god well how do you like them apples yeah well i'm hairy he's so we've got some diversity so what are you talking about yeah yeah um he's got acid reflux and i I have but i have bladder problems so it's like there's 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 diversity of (laughs) ailments yeah although we might be we might not be diversified from the external point of view internally we're two Mm -hmm. both horribly corrupt but in in, (laughs) in very different ways you know you see all these woke diversity podcasts which has all the races under the yeah. sun do they have someone who has this this very variety of balls to dick ratio don't i absolutely think so. don't, think, don't so. think so are they frequently talking about the difference of <laughs> difference of experience for those hairy <laughs> and hairless i don't think so either because we we have unique experiences in our own lived experience like i can talk about the ill talked about lived experience of having an average sized penis and massive balls and oh. you can talk about that having big, ball, big tiny balls and a big dick and it's finally getting those stories out there. Yeah, and it's it's something that has not really pervaded the discourse at this point of time and something that we're trying to fill in. Yeah, well, when was the last time an Oscar, one of the best actor nominees, had a big cock, tiny balls? Yeah, when did they ever stand <laughs> up? When did they ever use their platform to talk about those issues? Instead of, you know, racism. Okay, so, you, so Marlon Brando, when he won the Oscar for The Godfather, yeah, yeah. he... In quite a ball, baller move, hmm. he didn't. I think he don't think he even showed up to the awards. No, he didn't. He got like a Native American woman to go on and talk about the plight of the Native Americans. Yeah, um, it's a classic thing in Hollywood that they use that platform to do very weak and vague, uh, vague appeal. charitable. Pledges, yeah, like almost. vague appeals to empathy. It does seem which to be more quite, like I enjoy ne- the nicheness of them at times. The, they're nicheness, but they they're not that specific in a way. It's nearly always quite vague appeals just to empathy. It's yeah, not, it, it's normally like. Uh, guys, can we be nice to each other or some shit? And that's kind of, you can yeah. break it down to that. It's normally not, and then they feel, then it's a big round of yeah, applause. Yeah. And oh, yeah, so you're, you've won an Oscar for Best Actor. Yes. You're going up on stage. Yeah. What what cause are you going to use? You've got you've got 30 seconds, maybe 45, yeah. um, when you've got millions of people watching. This is quite yeah. a rare platform yeah. of an audience you don't Like these 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 people that they know your views. They get it. Yeah, yeah. but it's like a relatively niche audience. Chance. You've got like a mainstream audience. Yeah. Who would you be? A unique chance to kind of tell. Mm. The, they use that incredibly diverse platform to talk about an issue. <laughs> yeah. um, if I was being serious, I think I would like to talk about acid reflux. <laughs> yeah. as in i think it would be the best the best because i'll be because it'll be more like i like to go up and talk about how i talk to most people about it i'm just like it does it fucking hurts it's fucking annoying and i wanted to go up and be like so i've got acid reflux it's fucking shit like i know <laughs> you tell people you have acid reflux and it sounds a bit disgusting and people don't really understand what it is and uh, but and uh, so you kind of laugh at it. You may I make jokes out of it all the time because it's the only way you can go forward. But underneath here, in my throat, I'm in pain a lot of the time yeah. because of it, yeah. and it it hurts. It's like you, this is the speech. It's like if you go to <laughs> if you go to bed, I go to bed. I have to lie on my left hand side at night. Getting a bit insecure about it as well. It hurts. It hurts all the time, and like. I know there's many people out there who probably don't look away, Meryl. Hey, streep, eyes on me. <laughs> But and so then I, and then I then because this is the thing I'd say the 
if I if we were to um, if the podcast was to get successful enough for us to you know get some ads in, sure, Gaviscon, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, because Gaviscon is the ultimate alleviation of acid reflux. I, I, and you'd be able to sell that that product fantastic because it would be like a real. Yeah, I mean, it actually it actually works like like fantastic mm-hmm. fantastically well. And I'd, I'd love to get free Gaviscon products because acid reflux isn't something that goes away. Yeah, you'd wear Gaviscon uh, t-shirts. You'd wear a Gaviscon jumpsuit. Absolutely, <laughs> like it's a it's a cause I really fucking believe in. I think that'd be quite cool. Like a sort of it's like because it's good colour. Wait, involved. if we're thinking of like because eventually we're gonna make some very dank merch. Um, we yeah. just need a couple of you guys to tell your fucking friends about this show. Um, I, I think like an F1 style jumpsuit, which oh, doesn't yeah. get hasn't really been used enough in like street fashion. Forget the jumpsuits, just helmets. <laughs> no, got, I, I, I like the jumpsuits. Okay, fine, we're back on the jumpsuits. <laughs> That's cool. So I was spitballing. There's no, there's no, so, there's no such thing as a wrong forget. idea in spitballing. Don't just say forget the idea I'm talking about. Forget what about. you're saying, helmets. <laughs> so you know what you're saying, ignore yeah. all of that, how about this? Yeah. <laughs> Of a similar elk, though. Yeah, go on. Because um, jumpsuits have come into fashion, at, but there's many different types of jumpsuits. Uh, there's kind of like, l- like ladies like those kind of denim jumpsuits. Let's get that Formula One style. Yeah. That's the, I think that looks really you hot. Know, like very thick and flame retardant. Yeah, I th- yeah <laughs> flame yeah. retardant is a key aspect. Because yeah. I was talking about this on the fashion podcast I did with BB, where it's like the key aspect of uh, masculine fashion is finding that line between um, stylish and practical. You know, that's what attractive. Yeah. So, like on one end, it's Bear Grill. Uh, it's um, Ray Mears. Yeah. And on the other end, it's Jaden Smith. Yeah. And like both are too much. But if you find that midpoint is where you find like the best fashion. Okay. Where it's like for straight men, you want to seem like not like it's all ridiculously unpractical. It looks like you've tried too hard. Yeah, it's about trying. But you want to do it. So it's like it's a bit yeah, stylish, yeah. but it's like there's a practical element. There's about an it. element. So flame retardant jumpsuits with boys gone wild on. Maybe like instead of like shell and stuff, it's like Gaviscon. Like a yeah. Gaviscon jumpsuit. Yeah. That would look kind of cool. And flame retardant. Flame retardant. Gaviscon. Yeah. Flame like retardant. acid reflux. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. advert is about a fireman who goes and retards the flames. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that is that's if Gaviscon are listening, then absolutely we we take on board that that kind of a, uh, affiliation with you, and I'd, I'd enjoy that. Um, but I think the experience of m- being mooned, no sure. mooning someone, and it go down has has had a significant effect on my mental health. Because <laughs> you and I, uh, I don't uh, know. <laughs> well, it's right. So I've had la- I've had late. La- la- <laughs> <laughs> I've had. Um, uh, I've had a lot. I've had later shifts recently. No, okay, so this is a, once again, men's, and I've I've seen in the comments people talking about a men, like finally it's catching on that people are saying this is a men's mental and physical health podcast. Finally, it's come through. Yeah, so we just finally, have to repeat it enough times. <laughs> enough times. Um, I'm just gonna get my Birkenstocks, but you go and talk about your brain. Um, why are you putting your shoes on for? Just because it, it, it feels unprofessional having my socks. Yeah. Okay. So I've I well I'm it's not I'm not really gonna talk about my men's mental and physical health, but what I have actually no I am. What I have done is I've had later shifts more recently. I have had, I've been on later shifts recently, uh, which has given me the chance to wake up before I start work and have a bit of time in uh, in between waking up and starting work. The depression hours. The depression. Uh, <laughs> well, I, for you, when you're up the here sad wallowing hours. in your tears <laughs> and looking up at the ceiling. But I have just, I've chosen to push off the depression hours by watching more um, morning TV. Okay. So like this morning on ITV. Yeah. Because um, I, and that has also coincided with finishing work, being quite tired and it being late. And I've got like a three hour period before I want to be asleep. So I've been trucking on some blockbusters. 
you know but like kind of old, something like like a christopher nolan film yeah or a tarantino or a scorsese so i i at the moment i feel like i'm really jumping into the zeitgeist and trying to understand what the public really think and feel because i like start steak and my chips morning films. with holly holly willoughby and philip schofield and end it with scorsese yeah so okay. i'm really getting everything everything involved in yeah since you've been working like a, a proper job you've certainly um become more of an everyman it's a it's an aspect to your Thank character you. that's like means that you can relate to the everyman now because because of the the work you're doing you can't watch like yeah. weird as shit so you're now more plugged into what's going on i'm exploring the zeitgeist yeah exactly. i see myself as an adventurer like mm. indiana jones oh that's a good one to watch actually um but it's so let's start with morning tv okay um let's move that morning tv to evening quizzes oh. bradley walsh <laughs> Bradley I mean, Walsh. that's a link. Hey. That's, it's a bit fucking contrived. Bradley, Bradley Walsh is a cunt. <laughs> I am... Okay, I don't know... It's bold words. The only, so, He's a national treasure, but... If that's a national treasure, <laughs> then I don't want to know what's in the Book of Secrets. Oh. What's the Book of Secrets? National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh, okay. That's actually quite good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. The Book of Secrets? Yeah, National Treasure Book of Secrets. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine calling something a Book of Secrets. So, we discussed on the... We dis- You're very fidgety today. We discussed on the podcast a few... Um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, the people who say on Instagram, I don't know who needs to hear this, but... This would be the only thing that I would ever say. I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear this, but yeah. Bradley Walsh is a cunt. <laughs> and if you just if the chase is a very popular quiz uh, quiz show that many people will watch, yeah. and f- often Facebook and social media feeds are jammed with, "Did you see this clip of Bradley when he laughs because the word poo is in a question?" <laughs> okay. And he plays off the silly everyday ha 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 dad joke man. Sure. In between that, he's a cunt. <laughs> now, if you look closely at the chase, what he does, and this is my pet peeve about what people do when you have like, if you're playing a board quiz game or something like that. You can make this gripe of the week. Yeah, this is, I could go for the whole hour on this. <laughs> so if you, like on a, on a board, uh, if you're playing a quiz with family or friends, and someone's asking the question, yeah. and the other team, you're, so if you're answering the question, someone on the other team, the question's just been answered. Someone on the other team is going, oh, surely you must know this, you must know this, you must know this. The reason they're saying that is because their individual experiences throughout their life have allowed them to know the answer to that question. Okay. What they don't understand is that other people's experience <laughs> might not have brought them to the realization of that question Sounding in this bitter, fucking family on. quiz. Yep. It is bitter. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is what Bradley Walsh does on his The Chase quiz show. Oh, really? He says, they go, oh, surely you're going to know this. He's bullied celebrities <laughs> into actually looking upset. Oh, no. We can take a lot of shit. Yeah, but, but leave celebrities out of it. Leave them out of it. So he's but and and normal people as well. Everyone, your average Joe <laughs> and your plans. Joe Rogan. Yeah, he, <laughs> he holds. He doesn't hold anything sacred. Um, and he so he will shout there. Go. He was sit stand there shouting. Sit stand whatever you fucking want to do, <laughs> suggesting that they're an idiot if they don't know the answer. And then often he gets them wrong himself. That's not conducive in, um, atmosphere in which to quiz. I am fascinated <laughs> about the fact that he's still able to run this show. Yeah. Because it is he's a rude little cunt face. <laughs> and the jokes 
are abysmal. Yeah. And he's like, because he's... That's, that's, that's part of the, the, the medium, isn't it? Yeah, sure. It's quiz. Sure. That's part of the chart. Sure, sure it is. But it's he, like Christmas Cracker joke. Yeah, absolutely. But he does them in not a way that he should deliver a dad joke where there's a hint of cheeky, oi, oi. He does it with seriousness now because basically what happened, what happened with Bradley <laughs> Walsh is that he got way too much love and appreciation at the point where the chase was just starting and he was doing a good job. Now he thinks he's untouchable. He released a Christmas album of opera songs that... <laughs> That reached number two in the charts, and now well, he thinks, I mean that's pretty. You know, if no, the hypothesis is that he's untouchable. My question to you would two. be: Do you think Bradley Walsh's <laughs> Christmas opera album could reach number two in the charts if he wasn't the cunt from the chase? No, because Bradley Walsh has no talent. Well, it's clearly working if he's getting to number two. Clearly. Yeah, no, it's not working on merit of his operatic singing. <laughs> it's on merit of him being, him being that cunt of the chase. Is he famously that cunt? Is he no, like a Pierce Morgan figure? What, no, he's not. People adore him. And if you adore him, you're a cunt too. <laughs> I'm so fed up of it. Like, I enjoy the chase because I'm now the everyman. You go, girl. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I'm out here. But that, the present, the, the aggression he brings to the show, the pure lack of empathy for anyone's emotions on the show and his general personality make it an unwatchable quiz show that would otherwise be watchable. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bradley Walsh, uh, earlier you said that you wouldn't wish um, a f uh, an indifferent response to mooning on your worst enemy. And Does what, Bradley push what, that? Bradley Walsh does that every day on national television. <laughs> what, moons? Mes what, metaphorically. metaphorically. <laughs> every single night, every single night on national television... <laughs> What he's doing is he's taking down his trousers and the rest of the British public should be sitting there with indifference. Maybe you're right. Maybe the best way to combat Bradley Walsh and his <coughs> weapons of mass destruction are to not praise him, but nor do what I'm doing and slate him. Mm. It's just to be indifferent to the mm. cunt. And then eventually the producers will then realise that he's a hack. He's a washed up, sad little wrinkly fuck face and that he'll eventually uh they'll they'll throw him on the heap okay so th th uh, this i don't have meant much to say because i don't i don't watch the chase so i don't know i've only dipped in and out and bradley walsh doesn't seem to me to be any worse than any of the one other episode ones. is all it will take okay well I, yeah i've only dipped in and out um and i'm not a fan of richard osman but i'm not going to say anything because he's he's now the most powerful man in Britain. In the world. He is. He's the best-selling yeah. author. He's like, he's like low-key pulling the strings. Like oh, he's, he's our Mr. Hollywood. You know, he runs his own production company. Oh, for sure. No, the, 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 the dude, I'm genuinely, we, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about contentious issues, but I'm not going to slag off Richard Osmond on air no. because I genuinely think he, 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 he it will genuinely terrifies me. Yeah. Like, the power, I've, I've, yes. I've said some shit about Ricky Gervais and stuff. Like, He's more powerful, Richard Osmond, at the moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You... And he's that kind of thing where it's like, because he's not hugely famous, yeah. he's like pulling the levers. He can therefore, yeah, he yeah. has more power to run the strings exactly, in the shadows. Exactly. So there's a lot of fool guys who yeah. fall for his. So yeah. just keep your eye on Richard, because uh, it, yeah. just looking at the way that power's been distributed, a lot has landed on Richard's lap. Yeah, um, and it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. But It's okay. like House of Games. Yeah. No, House of Cards. Oh! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Whatever that means. Okay, go on. Well, it's like House of Cards, as said, you can imagine a similar, um, inspired by his life. 
No, I, I, I read an interview that Kevin Spacey based his performance off of Richard, Richard Osmond. Osmond. And like the story, well, the story is Richard, based yeah, on yeah, Richard yeah, Osmond, yeah. who grew uh, up down the road from. Us, yeah, and Kevin Richard Spacey, Osmond. who was famous, it was a full guy. You know, he took yeah. the, he took the heat for the, the yeah. kind of and maybe the Richard, long homosexual abuse. Yeah. that happened. Uh, Richard Osmond's name didn't appear. Suspicious. Suspicious. Maybe Richard <laughs> is now shifting the attention onto Bradley. Now that yeah. he's got Kevin Spacey out of the way, because he's just playing you like a fucking fiddle, mate. Like he's he runs quizzes. He's, he's the he's, he's the king me. of quizzes. He's got me. That's his like. That's what he, though he's running everything. Quizzes yeah. is his bread and butter. So oh, yeah. he, he, and no one gets on the show or of the he's show. He's definitely without... got a finger in Bradley's pie. <laughs> there's no there's no two ways about it. Look, yeah. there's no one. No one gets hired for any quiz show in this country without, without Richard Osmond. Without a tick from Richard yeah. Osmond. Um, so I, I'm interested to see you, we're, what when you know it, Bradley Walsh has been around for a while, but I'm interested to see what the master plan is by yeah. Richard Osmond. Um, we could we could be sitting here in two years' time and everything be dubbed in Richard Osmond. Doesn't work, doesn't but work. we'll keep going. Uh, so Bradley Walsh, you're not a fan <laughs> of him. Who do you want to replace Bradley? Bradley Walsh? Bradley Walsh has an accident. Um, <laughs> <laughs> someone needs to come in and replace him. Um, right. So am I right? So I'm, I might go for a more left field one. Okay. Because I think maybe TV needs a shake up. Wow. What an okay. interesting opinion that is. Get some more acid reflux. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, right. Let's, I, I'd like a big washed up star. It was something I think De Niro might consider. <laughs> Do you know? Maybe th- Johnny Depp. Mm, he's pretty. He's too charismatic. He's too- <laughs> It's like you can't, he'll steal the show too much. Um, and he's also got some personal issues. That well, that's it. why I mean washed up. Is it's like, oh, yeah. What, what gigs well, it's you a get? joy to see, like, it's, well, it's, it's a joy to see washed up actors do adverts mm. for like Calgon on English TV. Yeah. David Schwimmer's recently done one for a TSB, an English bank. Yeah, because it's, when, it's, it's good because the money's good and it's in English. Um, so they can come to England. Yeah, yeah. It stays away from their key market, their which key is market. the US. Like, but like uh, the way Ke- is Kevin Bacon and EA. Kevin Bacon for sure. But like Nicolas Cage did adverts in Japan. That is the way to do it. Like yeah. I feel if I was ever a megastar, because um, it's funny. Yeah, if I was ever a megastar, I would be looking to do. I would do the trashiest ads if it was yeah. in a different language, because immediately it becomes What's high your ideal art. Japanese ad. My ideal Japanese ad would be for something like like uh, a like. A, 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 like a mainstream pop version of Viagra. Oh, like great, a kind yeah. of like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. And then three schoolgirls going, Ooh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's my dream advert. Okay. It's me wanna... like, Ooh. oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and then it goes down my gut like a Gavis <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it comes up like Godzilla and it destroys Tokyo ah but yeah first off <laughs> first off people are impressed and then they're terrified <laughs> Perfect. And then it, it just it, the, the whole advert's about showing you the power of your masculinity yeah. once you take this fire. Yeah. Starts off wow, and then the, 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 you you roar through fear. Yeah. A respect of yeah. fear. Fear and love. Okay. Um, that would be my dream. Um, That's but, a good dream. So you you've also been watching um a lot of uh, big hit cinema. A big a lot of blockbusters. A lot of blo- big blockbusters. A lot of blocky bees, yeah. as we call them <laughs> in the industry. Um, and one of those ones has been Pirates of the Caribbean. 
How many of them have you watched? All of them. Every single one. <laughs> okay. And um, we've had conversations about Pirates of the Caribbean. Off air. You can't hear everything. <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon. We forgot to mention this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah subscribe, subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon please. Um, but so we have... Subscribe to the Patreon because the quicker we can like fucking do this full time, it will just be easier. You get more guys. podcasts as well. Yeah, easy. We'll we'll do two, two a week. Two a week. Yeah, this fucking four a week. Four. Mate. What else would we be doing? Yeah. You know? um, but so we... We've discussed it off air a couple of times. Um, and the best thing about the parts of the Caribbean, Caribbean films are is how up their own arse they are. <laughs> it is the length of time that they think they can subject people to these narratives and characters is ludicrous. Well, because it's interesting, because you told me about this about Pirates of the Caribbean, and it re- represents quite... What, one thing that uh, people slag off um, mainstream cinema at the moment, and a lot of it is shite, but one thing that I do appreciate is that finally like trashy blockbusters have realized the length of time if you look back at old films if you look from the late 90s till the end of the 2010s uh blockbusters just took the fucking piss Mm. three hours two hours 50 Mm. uh no i think what are some examples um well one which is a fascinating a fascinating film which i haven't seen i've only seen one scene from it it's a romantic drama it's got Brad Pitt in it, and it seems to be like a like a fairly trashy romantic drama. Yeah. It's three hours and ten minutes. Holy shit. And it's a Hollywood film. For a rom-com? It's a romantic drama. Drama, okay. But okay. it's ludicrous. Well, and Benjamin Button's like four hours. Yeah, but that's kind of like a... That's a big director doing it. But yeah. it's like... Who, when who I directed saw Benjamin Button? F- Fincher. David Fincher. Was it? Yeah. No shit. Um... And so, like, when I saw Pirates of the Caribbean in the cinema, this was... the Pirates of the Caribbean 3 got a lot of flack. And I remember that in the discourse, even though I was young. Um, I went to I, the cinema to see Pirates yeah, of the Caribbean. I saw the cinema. There was an intermission. There was an intermission. Okay, intermissions. What are you... It's a film about pirates. It's not fucking Space Odyssey. Well, I believe that they, they used to do that back in the day, regardless of how long the film was. But I guess they tend not to regardless. be... I guess they tend to be a lot longer. So Space Odyssey has an intermission. Yeah. And then intermission was placed perfectly as like just as they introduced uh, narrative conflict in what seemed yeah. like a kind of incoherent art house film they cut to intermission and that's, of the Caribbean. that adds to part of it the intermission in Pirates of the Caribbean is just someone just halfway through saying go for a piss yeah <laughs> it's like I guess intermissions it's... are like I, I don't mind I intermissions the... as the cinematic experience if it's like a true like artistic feast but if it's a pirate film yeah it's like doing the twilight films making them three hours it's obnoxious then. it's fucking taking it's like piss. guys to you need a break yeah because you, you have no idea what's about to hit you after, after pirates of the caribbean the world's end which is the when it really that is when hollywood stopped that was the no, last just, uh, really the only, long film the only other intermission i've experienced was when i went to wales on holiday and i think they didn't get the memo that we've all stopped doing intermission intermissions okay, yeah and we went and watched shrek the third <laughs> We went and watched the third, and it was like they just—I don't know—they probably got out of that Hollywood place or whatever they do, and they're all trotting along, and everyone's there, and then suddenly the curtains go down. It's been like an hour. <laughs> the curtains go down, and I look out like, "What the f- was? Please, that can't be the end of the film." You're sitting there with your candy. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there. I've got half of my popcorn left. <laughs> the minstrels haven't even been touched yet, and people and these two chumps walk out offering ice cream. And I, and I and I said what's and then we just can't put it down to that's what they do in Wales. So mm. any Welsh listeners, do you still have intermissions in cinemas? Well, it's kind of like an old school way. Um, it was a kind of an old like school cinema. Cute. I don't know if it's Shrek the Third, <laughs> an hour in, yeah. because the break doesn't become a break; it just becomes an annoyance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, but that was the that was the end for sure. Um, but but watching Pirates of the Caribbean back, how yeah. they stand up as films. 
So I remember it was always the second one is the best one, Dead Man's Chest. Okay. Sure. And because that's the bit I think because the thing that I'd always remember about Pirates of the Caribbean is when they go on that island and Johnny Depp gets heralded as that king mm. and he's the eyes thing, you know, that eye shot when he opens his eyelids and then they f- they fight and they're running away. That's still great. Yeah. Enjoy that thoroughly. Um, I ended up falling asleep for the last twenty percent of all of the films. I never saw the fi- all the films. Oh, all me, the way no, through. I haven't seen all. Of, no, no, no. no I've they're nev- not meant to be. You're yeah. me- they, they assume you sleep. You're for meant like to a, drift off. There's like a thirty minute period. Yeah. But then it, what, there's like ten minutes in, in the middle, and then twenty minutes at the end. What's an interesting artistic choice by the director is making it so long and boring mm. that they uh, imagine when you're in a dark, warm room that any person who's not like a serial killer or a psychopath, anyone yeah. who has a remote form of empathy or understanding of humanity, yeah, yeah will, a capacity for feeling, a capacity and, for feelings, and like which most people do, yeah. um, you're gonna drift off, yeah. But it means that because when you're in a cinema, you you never have a good sleep when you fall asleep during a film. It becomes like a fever dream. Yeah, yeah. So that's why what I think did add to the experience of the, which is the only way to properly view the film Mm. as the director wants it, is you view that last ridiculous battle scene. Yeah. That like 40 minute uh, exhausting period. You're meant to view that coming in and out of consciousness. Yeah. And it adds a psychedelic. Um, yeah, um, it does. And it's, 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 the, anxiety. it's the director challenging you mm-hmm. to, to kind of experience half of the story within your own mind. Exactly. So it's, it, but it's quite an interesting style of filmmaking, which like, though I think it's too long, it is interesting for the history of cinema. Yeah. Is when you have that final battle scene when it's like, it's a four hour pirate film. And 95% like you're, you're, of the audience are asleep. You're like, okay, there's a boat, they're fighting. Then you come back, you have a dream about your childhood, and then you come yeah. back like dad, and you see um, <laughs> Jack Sparrow, and then and then he, so someone gets shot, someone dies, you drift off again, and that yeah. is what is like. And that's it's not fun, for. but it's no. uh, interesting artistically. Yeah, and yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so the the who is insufferable in it is um, Will Turner. Okay, he's the most Orlando ins- Bloom. Orlando right? Bloom. He's the most insufferable character. I've I've come across in my blockbuster journeys. Okay, yeah. Um, because he's just uh, the epitome of um, he he's like a virtue signaller. Sure. And he swashbuckles around. He, he swashbuckles, yeah. And it's the voice, and mm-hmm. everything is. He's like he's acting in Victorian theatre. Sure. And everything is said with such aggressive clarity in his linguistics, mm-hmm. and everything he says is then so fucking moral. It's like, mate, just it's, he never wants to get down a day. What I feel they've is done that, is that not the writing? What are you, it's the we, writing. Let's, let's keep, it's all of it. Let's it's keep all on the it. performance. It's though. all. It's, oh, well, it's all because it's it. the the writing. Is that how much? How much is that his fault? No, no, no. It's not all his fault. Okay. But the performance is okay. um, it induces vomit. Sure. Um, and not just regular acid, acid reflux vomit. Proper. Um, Which adds to the fever dream because you're you vomited. You're going. You're falling asleep. Yeah. And it makes it even more psychedelic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're choking, <laughs> and the ambulance comes. And, um, but he. So it's. I think what they what they try to do is because they had um, a character such as Captain Jack Sparrow, you know, the delinquent, the deviant, but the mm-hmm. cheeky one who does it with a smile and sure. everyone loves. They, I mean, a, a great performance. Oh, fantastic! For, for oh, like, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. oh yeah. And, and he got nominated for an Oscar for the first. I know. One. Uh, second one was, was it the first? I think it was the first. Okay. Um, rightly yeah, so. no, rightly so. He yeah. fucking kills it. Um, but you realise after you realise they got in, they got in that cash cow after the first one because then all of all, particularly the ones after the third where Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom don't sign up for it, they're out of it. So they bring in Penelope Cruz. Yeah, and um, you can see that the, all of the franchise after that is literally just backing on Jack Sparrow to kind of do it, and then um, 
And then you kind of stop doing it. Then. Yeah, that's modern cinema, which is like you've got something that you know will make money because chumps yeah. will go see it. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, and you've got you've got a character who sells, and then yeah. it's a, but it, it, that that was an interesting uh, period because it was like when when was the Pirates of the Caribbean craze was in the the first two was when it was really big. When was the Twilight series? Because it was like mm. there was the I don't know. So there was like a period. Remember when everyone was obsessed with vampires? Yeah, and it was around the Twilight thing. That was yeah. like part of the the young adult fiction things. Uh, then everyone was obsessed with pirates. I don't know which one came first. Well, I think pirates, uh, vampires pirates, came after. Vampires came after. Yeah. So it was pirates then vampires, and it was like f- off the back of Pirates of the Caribbean. I think there was other pirate films. Off the, yeah. there was Master and Commander and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Uh, so like naval battle stuff. Yeah. And then off Twilight, there was loads of vampire stuff. But do we have we had any sort of uh, focus like that in pop culture since? I think we've gone is. pirates. We've gone vampires. Do we have anything like that? we've got I mean superheroes but superheroes have been yeah have taken I guess over so. again yeah I guess at the back of Marvel films yeah yeah because there's like because there's a, yeah there's I guess superheroes is the next it one it is superheroes yeah. even though that's been around for ages I feel like they've really got, no, no, invigor- yeah, that, they that got was, invigorated yeah but it wasn't maybe like since an obsession maybe Nolan did Batman I think so yeah and then but then you get the self-reflexive uh, satirical superhero films yeah like Deadpool and the boys well there's yeah it's completely it's like the the idea of superheroes has been covered from every angle yeah you've got yeah. art house you've got oscar now Nons, let's take the got, piss out of it. yeah, it's yeah. Like you've got, got let's left. take the piss let's do yeah um, but it's because no one's uh wants to, everyone can pirate films so uh no yeah. one wants to go to the cinema so yeah, yeah. the word would be for like a yeah superhero true. flick so That's there is no such films, thing as true flicks. art everything's for cash okay um now now we've got the the short introduction out of the now way. we've warned you up yeah how long have we been going? Only 40 minutes, it's fine. 40? Um, yeah. Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It really feels like Pirates of the Caribbean where the b- beginning <laughs> is like two hours. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we, this is, a, this is a, a, a formal homage to the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, which is, yeah. you know, making things far longer than they should be. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we've also had to wait 10 days to even talk about it, and now we've pushed it another 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've just been avoiding it, yeah. really. But so the the um, the capital. I don't, want, I don't know what it's been called capital now. Capital riots. The capital riots. I guess that's a way. Because without saying, because adding attack or push, it that adds too many moral values. I wish there was like a yeah. Um, um, we um, saw that the incident, the capital incident. We saw that literally just after we recorded the last yeah, one, yeah. and we watched it live with news. We were kicking it was back, fun. Relaxing. It was a fun one. Yeah. Um, but it has been a truly, it's a truly fascinating news event for many reasons because there's so many things going on, and it sort of um, embellishes a lot of the ideas I already had about all the political factions, and a lot, you know, a lot of them have shown the worst sides of themselves, both on the left and the right, and the, I found the response really interesting. Yeah, you know, from who? Uh, well, response for everyone. I yeah. mean, the response from Trump's been interesting. Sort yeah. of, semi, I mean, it's hard to expected. predict what he's going to do. But it was kind of expected. Kind of expected. The response from the the establishment left, for yeah. sure, has been really interesting. Um, so, yeah, obviously, there was a... Do you think Trump st- incited the riot? I think, for all intents and purposes, he did, yeah. Uh, do you think he did it knowingly and purposely? Uh, no, I don't think he knew the extent that it would come to fruition. Yeah, and then I guess the, the kind of the main talking points is it was absolutely mad seeing these sort of neckbeard incels raid the Capitol. And like the last people to 
um, raid the capital with the British in 1814. <clears throat> and it is someone's funny. Done, someone's done the research before the pod. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it is funny how, you know, these are serious historical events that yeah. will be, you know, it's, it's coronavirus, Brexit, Trump, all these things will be talked about for a long time afterwards, but we're in the middle of them, so we can't even view them historically. Yeah. This is a huge historical event and there's something hilarious to me about the nature of the people who are You're doing You're in there it. with blokes with t-shirts saying pull my finger on it. Pull my finger. They're, they're like the merch, just the, the way yeah. they're dressed. They look like fucking morons. It's like, it's the revolt of the novelty t-shirts. Mm. And that's always the best way to summarize the... And so they, they, there's obviously a lot of people who are furious about how um, Black Lives Matter obviously had been shut yeah. down and they were pretty much allowed to walk straight into the capital. Yeah. And that's definitely a, a fair point. Like it was, I guess, suspiciously. Um, so the thing easy. that I read up because I remember when that was when it, when we were watching it live and it was going off. It was firstly like it was shocking the lack of security that was on there. Um, so then uh, at the Capitol that allowed them to actually get in. Um, so then I think yeah, the big scandal in there is that they knew that there was going to be these people marching on the Capitol. And there was an equivalent Black Lives Matter march, and the like the National Guard wasn't even deployed until they basically started breaching the barricades. Yes. So the different it was handled in a very different it way. It was handled in a very different way. I I do agree that it is does show a certain double standard, but not as much as people on the left are saying. Because there's obviously that image of the all the army soldiers standing outside the Lincoln yeah. Memorial, and then the lack of here. I think no one expected that this was the first true right right wing protest that had like escalated yeah. in the, it, after the whole thing they'd been relatively quiet basically until this moment of the maybe anti vaxxers anti vaxxers i guess the response I, I i don't maskers. i don't uh, think it was shocking that there wasn't more <laughs> security I was, I was shocked how long it took for proper security to react that was what was weird yeah. um but, but i don't think it's as comparable as people think because the people were standing outside the Lincoln Monument because Black Lives Matter, the riots were happening all over the country. Mm. They were destroying property. They were just destroying statues. It does sort of make sense that the state would defend statues because it had been clear that they were... It, it was clear when a, a, a Black Lives Matter riot happens in Washington, there's a genuine Part of the threat. tactics were too. Yeah, and, yeah, and this, we, no one really expected this. Even the most cynical leftists yeah. did not expect them to... And it... What it's is, poor planning. Yeah. If anything, it might not it might not necessarily attest to like a clear example of institutional racism. There are yeah. many more. Yeah. But it's like it's more that why wouldn't they put them in there? Why wouldn't yeah. they put the appropriate security measures in there? For sure. And it is it is shock it is weird, but I don't think it's as shocking as some people say, because I don't think um if you look at it from like the state's perspective where their main thing is trying to protect you yeah. know buildings statues and monuments what is interesting about fascists is that they're very respectful of property yeah property is a big part of fascism you know they really believe in yeah. property deeply symbols <clears throat> symbols are left the left-wing people writing are renters who you know are we are part of the uh, characteristics of our young generation is that we don't own anything. So yeah, property yeah. can't mean as much to us because we are not involved. And especially for black people in America who don't own anything, yeah. um, don't hold positions of power as much. Like It's understandable where their uh, disregard for property comes from. Yeah, But you had Trump supporters break into the capital Landowners. with complete 
Well, they were working class. I don't know how much, but probably landowners in, well, the, in, America, in the small you, in the small it, yeah. in the small um, states yeah. they come from. But uh, they broke in and they walked around like it was a museum. Like they threw they threw a couple of Nancy Pelosi's papers everywhere. Yeah, they broke a window. What you're just doing is disorganizing her day. It's disorganizing her day. None of the, they were taking pictures of statues. Yeah, no, like if Black Lives Matter was in there, they would have ransacked a lot more. You can see it, like the um, Churchill statue got racist uh, spray painted on it. If they were in the Capitol, that would be a far more yeah, damaging because mob. of the nature of the because of the nature of the movement. Yeah, um, so th I think that's po almost partly why it was interesting. But I think how what's, un yeah. but then, all right, which I could agree with. But then also, so when you're a when you're assessing a, a threat to the Capitol's security. I don't think they're going to be putting that much attention into the idea that these people have respect for the place that they're going to enter. There, there should obviously be uh, that there as, as people in charge of the security of the capital would obviously think we definitely can't let them get in here. It's like, it, I don't think they'll be thinking it as, as much in proportion as, well, if it was Black Lives Matter, then they're going to trash the place versus, oh, if they get in, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Getting in is the end of the world. So yeah, I think surely. that's it where... Must be. The, if you're security exactly. of any place, it's the it worst must be. thing. So I think it doesn't really matter as much how they behave in there. I think I was... Is, yeah, but that's, the, that's, the, the, that's the, the mindset of kind of security guards. It's, but it's about... But the, does that not the show a bit of... Yeah, exactly. And the pre-planning, I think, does show some racism because... Although that's true, and that I think the the difference between the two movements would mean that there would be more destruction of property because of the nature of what mm. the Black Lives Matter is standing for, and and more a more kind of genuine anti-establishment figure than Trump supporters. Yeah, but if for if the fact that there wasn't a proper like there was security wasn't security should just be thinking about not letting people in the building, and the fact that they didn't get enough security to make that happen versus when Black Lives Matter is happening, I get Black Lives Matter is more militant. But the fact that they didn't have enough people to stop them getting out of the building, getting in the building, what, what do you think that says? I agree. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. There's definitely elements of it. There's a double standard for sure. But I just don't think the way that some people have been talking about it. I mean, AOC, who I've had issues with in some ways, um, which is, um, you know, a, a podcaster I like uh, did make this point quite well, which is like, I do like AOC's politics, like her and her grassroots socialist background, but her style is what I think is ruining the left because yeah, it's this yeah. constant appeals to empathy, which yeah. is something that's really hard to dissent against because it seems this unassailable thing. Yeah. She talked about, she said half the house could have died. And yeah, I think one thing we said when we were watching this, we got really excited, but ultimately it was an anticlimax yeah, because not really much happened. Yeah. Because that was, it was like, it was, it, it was hilarious to watch because it was so much um, kind of fever going into actually getting in. Yeah. And as soon as they got in, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what to do because they, they hadn't planned to get nice... in because it was, it was sort of like, I'm not sure if their plan was even yeah. to get in. I you think can't expect sort of to just a, a, arrive into the building. Yeah. And I think there's quite a nice metaphor for the whole Trump presidency. Yeah, exactly. They, cause, yeah, that, that's a great, fuck, that's good. Oops. That's nice. Not bad. As in, uh, yeah, it's, oh, there's been so much fever in terms of let's, we need, fuck get the establishment, in, get, get in. in. And then they're in Surprising lack of um, resistance and, yeah, to getting and the, in. And the surprising lack of resistance and then suddenly when you're in there, no one's really telling you to get out. Yeah. And you're just kind of wandering around looking at paintings. And the thing about And Trump, not destroying anything. And the thing about Trump, which is that, like, obviously we don't slag Trump off as much as the left do, like a lot of the liberals do, because the, the main thing with Trump, I do think he's fucking scum and he is... 
an awful president, but he's such an ineffective politician mm. that he has caused less damage than definitely Bush and Absolutely. arguably Obama. Like, obviously, that's a bit of a... Uh, yeah. tough I just, I mean, by foreign policy for like, yeah, but you let's know, not go off foreign because they're kind of like Trump. I mean, I'm not done. saying that he's a better per. I, I think Obama has yeah, a better yeah, yeah. intentions as a better but person. If, but if you look for like stone policy. cold facts of like damage done, not less, far, loads but of damage done. Very to the, easy, of course, and like this is because it's America. Trump didn't really do it. He he just because he came in a situation where everyone the, the troops were getting out of Afghanistan, so he came in the position where it was a lot more easier in the history of time for him to actually get them out. No, and, but yeah. but that that in it, if you look through American history, it's been a through line of them meddling in foreign affairs. Yeah, and you, it it there's no reason why there's Iran. loads of he did Iran. There's Iran like there's loads of periods where it yeah, was, but Trump it was, did Iran. Yeah, yeah, but Trump there was no war with Iran. Yeah, well maybe luckily, but it was an act of aggression. There was no was there was no occupation. Yeah. But I also feel like we're getting to that time where there is just no there's gonna no, no politician is ever gonna have a suitable enough public backing to do enough of foreign intervention. Maybe to the extent like, of if Iraq. You look, so like I, I've I, I've done quite a lot of research on like the Vietnam War, and that was the biggest foreign. Um, uh, d d disaster that America's ever had. Yeah. And it seems like after what happened there, it would be the biggest mandate for against war. And it was, there was a million yeah, person yeah. march against Iraq. Like there was no yeah. public, uh, it wasn't much of a mandate to go in Iraq, both mm. in the UK and US, but they still pushed it through. Yeah, yeah. Like it is interesting that basically, I'm not defending Trump at all as a person. I'm just saying his um, narcissism and his ineffectiveness as an actual politician to get things yeah. done. But you he, know, he didn't achieve, didn't build the wall. Yeah, he did, yeah. you know, he pulled well, out the Paris has Agreement. Some of the wall being built. I don't. Some of it no, has, but it was already there. No, there was, no, there was some wall, of it there was, has. But there was, the wall was already there. There was some. There was, wall there, there was those fences. Yeah, you know, but he's kind of. There but was he said some, like the big. He wall. built some wall, I think. Um, not, not I just, I just don't, that was more, I have that no was, idea. That was kind of his big issue. It was his big issue. And so that, that my point is, it's like, he's vulgar, he's completely um, lost a lot of value and decency to the idea of the office of America. Um, he's yeah. caused stoked divisions more than I've seen pretty yeah, much yeah, any yeah, yeah. Uh, president ever do. But it's cold, hard, actual policy in effect. He, yeah. he hasn't done much. And it really proves how similar... Not his political style is, but his economic policy is to liberals and how it just it, yeah, yeah. it yo-yos between like uh, a big smiley face and a yeah. big angry face. Yeah, but yeah. fundamentally, not that much changes. Well, it's all fart and no poo. It's all fart and no poo. Which is what our politics is becoming, and that's why it's such a perfect indic indication. Well, of liberals who are we just are. A, a pure fart. Yeah, but so, and but that's what but Trump is as well, and because that's yeah. why yeah. that's why like. If we're assessing him as a president or whatever, is that as you say, most all the, all of his politics has been done on Twitter and on the in the media, yeah. in, in, in in social media, and in just like in the ether of ideas and words rather yeah. than actual politics. And that has been that's been a trend that we'd be going on steadily, steadily for a long time. And he is, I think, with this, and that's kind of the similar thing to Johnson and Brexit. There are some little inclinations of what's happening where. Our politics have been so dominated by ideas of things rather than what actually gets done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we're doing now. And that's why that's such a perfect way for his presidency to end at this capital riot of people storming the gates and then just walking around like a museum. Yeah. And but I, I heard on a podcast as well, which I think is a pretty interesting uh, view, is it's like the who are the big winners? The big, big winners 
are the DNC, are like the establishment Democrats. This is a dream for them. They can say all they like about how shocked and horror they are. Yeah. This is a dream scenario. This what is, do you think about the impeachment stuff? Well, we'll get on to that in a second, but this is like, this is linked, but it's like, for, the person who's won most out of this is going to be Biden and Biden's camp. This yeah, is yeah. a dream scenario. Dream scenario because Trump His has... Speech. His speech, Trump, Pence, pathetic. <laughs> Pence against uh, Pence has come out against Trump. People have turned yeah, his back yeah. on it. It's like a. It's, it's like America it's proved everything that liberal Democrats had been like pushing, yeah, saying yeah. this is what Trump is. It's con and then this cause yeah. con the impeachment. Even though he's going to go in eight days, yeah, yeah, yeah. This impeachment is a pure consolidation of power yeah. for Democrats, and it's there's yeah, an yeah. argument to be said. I mean, this is very conspiracy theory because it delegitimizes the whole four completely, years completely, completely, and it's it's a dream scenario, yeah, and yeah. it's a disaster for Trump. Other um, than it might also mean that he can't run again. Yeah, there's low. I mean, there's lo this is honestly, I'd be. This is why Democrats are calling it the second 9-11, which is ludicrous. That is, know? I haven't seen that. No, I've seen people like, they're, they're, it's, it's in the- The second 9-11. They're, they're saying it's that serious. The Five second people died. 9-11. It wasn't as big as it could have been. What the fuck? And it's, it, once again, it's a lot, it's fart no poo. Like 9-11 was a lot of poo. It's a load of <laughs> shit. Because the whole- A lack of I shit. I think what, the lack of, yeah. <laughs> a lot what of a lack of shit. <laughs> but the whole point is, I think what they're probably trying to go for with that is- there's this whole issue around terrorism and yeah. a big thing in um, in like terrorist studies or whatever is like um, there's a very biased definition of what terrorism is. Yeah. So it's, it's always it's always kind of more towards uh, an ethnic minority or if it's for an ideological basis. But the pure definition of terrorism is any kind of act of violence on a mass scale. Sure. So what they I, so I think what they're going for is like calling it domestic terrorists is what it is. It's, do, it's an act of domestic terrorism in a sense. But Black Lives Matter isn't. But Black Lives Matter isn't. Yeah, no, of course, exactly. And it's one of the things is how you define it. Yeah. Now, even you know, Mandela technically was a yeah, terrorist. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be a value judgment. Exactly, but that's the whole thing about calling it terrorism. Yeah, is that. Um, but so, well, actually, because I want to talk about the fact that when what struck me when we were looking at the the scenes unfold with shock and horror, it wasn't really shock and horror. It was like we really hope that keeps going. We were like, come on, we need at least because we missed it by an hour or so. Yeah. And they're, they're all just standing around. We're like, come, can we get, can we make? And sure they're like continue? repeating the news bits. It's like we need some yeah. more shit. Give me some out. more. Can could yeah. some, someone just like run a can jump? Someone off big die. Someone yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, because that was well before actually the sensationalization of the news thing was something we I I think we kind of saw when we were watching it is so we we. We were on, we were watching live when Trump came on, and said um, about he, he said the speech saying we love you and all that stuff. But he said the message was go home. Yeah, and so we watched that speech live, and then it kind of went back to the to the scenes that were unfolding at the Capitol, and then then on the on the ticker underneath on the news it was saying Trump says we love you to supporters and that is an important thing to analyze the fact that like mm. let's talk about yeah so the difference between black lives matter and trump supporters of course that's an important there's thing difference to talk between about. the policing but there's also a difference between how the media genuinely covers yeah it, of course but of course we need to talk about the fact like the speech that he was saying but at the time when there were people still in the fucking building 
to then have as the headline for his speech, Trump says, we love you, whatever. Mm. Let's focus on that after. He did say, get out. Yeah, and it's he the, said, B- and that, the BBC are like- They're under there. Yeah. BBC meant to be impartial people. It's like, because if when, obviously this should be trying to de-escalate the situation, Yeah. but it was that perfect realization. We're sitting there watching it and we want some drama. We were kind of enjoying the drama of it, wanting it to go on. And then you see, you see then Trump, Trump says, we love you, et cetera, et cetera. You think, shit, this could keep going. Yeah. But what it actually does is because the, the media have a responsibility of communication because they're somewhat going to be communicating Trump's message to the people who are inside the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the fact that they don't go, Trump says, go home, just at that point shows that they really have no regard. Well, this is what I, this is the thing I was saying, slightly conspiracy, but it's like, okay, if you think about it, there wasn't a lot of state backing, but you know, because this is such a big win for the DNC, there's an argument to be said, you know... They wanted it to escalate. They wanted it to escalate to a certain extent. And, like, I'm not, like, doubling down on this, but it is interesting to think about, which is, like, people love to say that it's, like, it's Trump being the president and that that's why yeah. they let... No one wants to let the people in the Capitol in. Yeah. Um, but the people who kind of maybe do is, in a way, the DNC. and Because yeah, yeah. that's the people who are going to benefit from the most. If you escalate it and make it as big an issue as possible, if yeah. it becomes as close to the second 9-11 as possible, that is the big... Then you can finally get the dream they've wanted for the whole of his presidency, which is a symbolic impeachment. Yeah. You know? And you very rarely get to blame such an event on a specific politician and specific political party. Like and then that. you can do all that liberal disgust of how like awful yeah. and, and then finally get it all out. Um, and it's a but the terrifying thing that came out of it, which has been fascinating to see, you know, so-called leftists support, is a sitting president getting banned from Twitter. You know, yeah. he is escalating violence and he is a complete um, wild dog who can mm. who stokes divisions. I'm not going to defend him, but just showing how Silicon Valley flex their muscles against Washington yeah. basically shows where the power shifted. Big tech, um, which is the big fear of what's going to be this century. Big thoughts. Big thoughts. Boys gone wild. Big tech yeah. is going to be this century. Is yeah, yeah. The unaccountable power of tech because no matter how bad trump is and how bad the state is he yeah. was voted in by people yeah, he was yeah. there was a four-year election where he did a bad job he was voted out the media he's constantly held to account but then these tech companies that yeah. are more powerful maybe not than america the american state maybe they are but definitely more than most countries in the world in theory at the moment they are yeah okay of, yeah, yeah. they've just shown like yeah. um he tried to get on that parlor app which is like a different app yeah and they like destroyed the app like they fired yeah, the ceo yeah, yeah gone like it just shows being able to silence literally a sit- sitting democratically yeah. voted president by big that, tech because i think what that debate goes into is in the difference so like when we're talking about policing speech uh, and the difference between free speech uh, versus a hate crime so i think what so the i think the key shift of power there is places like twitter have the power to decide what is a hate crime and what isn't so like you can be banned i guess you'll be banned for saying something derogatory or anything that incites violence so when we're talking about like a politician it's about the conspiracy using that word in in that way to incite violence and so twitter will then make the decision if they believe if they believe the key being they twitter believe that trump is inciting a riot then they'll ban it yeah and which is well but it has it also it has really important implications for if there was going to be you know a good revolution against capitalism and against the establishment these are the things it's It's like like, as much as you like to pick and choose you know 
a woman was shot by a police officer and died. Four people died. Four people died, but I, I, I think the specifics, I don't know the specifics of the death of the other ones, but I do know that at least one was shot by a police officer and died yeah. because of it. I've seen people on the left celebrate that. And it's like, you do need to realise that no matter how much you disagree with each other, it's like not having any principles or values of what is bad. A police yeah. officer shooting a protester and killing them, you kind of have to have... A, a strong principle on it. Yeah. If your whole thing has been these corrupt policemen are killing protests and yeah. stuff, it is and if you're, kind of grotesque just seeing the way that they're like, well, she's not on our side, so it's and also good if you're trying to be died. from the party that is kind of uh, suggesting, if you're trying to be from well, left wing generally, you think there should be more empathy in these situations. Is traditionally it's been the side of caring about people mm -hmm. and not wanting the same kind of principles to be. Mm -hmm kind of put on everyone that has been put on at the moment so when you're when you're saying when you're just like celebrating the death of someone it's not you know it there's it, it shrieks it reeks of um uh hypocrisy yeah it's true and um, it's a kind of a, a strange strange world do we want to wrap it up uh, we'll wrap it up we'll, i think we can carry on with this because i had because there's something that i found so i thought immediately about um america's gun laws mm. with this because in the constitution one of the main i think I think it is the only argument in the Constitution of why citizens have a right to bear arms. It's, surely, yeah. yeah surely, it is the only, surely it's the only logical one that could no, be... No, 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 but so, it, yeah, because, well, back in that time. There's yeah. nothing about, obviously, like, there's there would be, if you were to entertain the gun, like, the gun rights advocates for one second, there mm. would be better arguments for personal protection, etc. But the thing that's in the Constitution, which gun advocates wholly heart back to, the Constitution, is that it is the right to overthrow a tyrannical government. So, so like that, I thought most of the with Trump supporters being like an aggressively kind of pro pro guns and everything, mm. and there's there's something interesting. I don't know. There was something I thought about like if everyone fucking had guns in there, which they well, which they could have done. That could have been a fucking Some massacre. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just a really interesting part of it how the kind of the intersection between because it was the first almost attempted a coup. I know it wasn't ever going to be a coup, but that kind of first attempted a genuine revolution. Do you know what I mean? It seems such an alien concept to us, the idea of a revolution in yeah. at all, completely. And then suddenly people are in the capital. Do you know what I mean? There's just something... Well, it, it's a no, but I think, I think this is a perfect example. This is like, when you look at history, when you look at... I, I recently watched a documentary on the Russian Revolution. You look at the French Revolution. You look at these kind of like iconic revolutions that were successful in so far as they overthrew a government and they happen all the time they happen in South America yeah. they happen in other states they, they just haven't happened in the West for a long time you know we had the English Civil War here these revolutions that are like change history forever um, yeah. it is interesting that our closest we come to a sort of revolution now it comes from that sort of the problem of the modern age which is that sort of end of history argument where we don't yeah. really we know that the system doesn't work <coughs> but we don't really have any idea of what can replace what it because it, it, yeah. it's so entrenched in us yeah. and the news is so confusing. Everything is so um, fractured that we can't get a collective consciousness of what uh, a, a world after the current system would be. So you break through into the capital yeah. and then you don't know what the fuck know what to, to do. do with it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was the perfect example of yeah. like, that is what the, is the problem with the modern revolution yeah, yeah. is... That we we can we don't know get, where we're going. We probably it. could get into the capital, but yeah. then what? No one has any idea what to do. Yeah, but the the big the big the big fit fear thing, which is I I really am shocked by some people on the left who 
are like supporting this big tech takeover because it is terrifying that they are so unaccountable. They yeah. don't get voted in. Then mm. they know more than the NSA, probably. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, they it, there's such little accountability. They're so powerful because, um, as we were saying, it, it stops the ability. Well, it's, it's they have the determination of what is a good re revolution yeah. in inverted commas and what is a bad revolution, mm -hmm. and the power that they then have is to determine. It's always I've been. Mean, because it's meant to be the whole idea of social media is a democratic kind of it kind of distills democratic values across because people can voice their own opinions on things and we can have a more kind of a broader discourse yeah which we kind of know isn't the truth from yeah. you know all the documentaries we see yeah, etc yeah. and how it actually works to you know uh mostly about advertising and kind of for the benefit of profit for individual companies yeah but then these kind of things just show that it's not just capitalist power is also political power yeah of the choice of which values and ideas have the right to make a noise in the real world and which don't yeah and it's like so obviously the big tech's agenda is a a liberal agenda if you look at it's in san francisco it's in the silicon valley it's in that sort of area if you look at anyone who's politically who has power in tech they have very liberal values very yeah. metropolitan very you know basically let's keep economics the same but let's push uh, left-wing social values yeah. that is what the establishment is is yeah, on yeah. the tech side and though we've um you know done a lot where we're trying to basically say uh, look at it from a different angle where it's like the left responded badly T to criticize the right a bit more the thing that is kind of shocking about this one is it's like the the voter fraud thing is so absurd mm. it's so absurd yeah I, I i'm surprised that the left something that i do think they had complete rights to do have not been more aggressive on saying what the fuck are you what, talking what, what are we what's going what on? the fuck are you talking about yeah. what more do you want to see to prove this is voter fraud yeah what the fuck are you talking about and then you see all these people who the conspiracy theories the QAnon saying this the vote was stolen there's not even a shred there's not even, I haven't even seen an argument. Yeah. And maybe that's because of uh, the liberal media prism. But I've looked and I haven't even seen, it's so emotive. It's so, I'm yeah. basing it. I'm like. There's it, some, I mean, like you've still got a bit of like, traditional satire, like Seth Meyers. No, or, no, no, no. What, what is the, the voter fraud? Uh, oh, the evidence. Oh, the evidence. oh, there's none. Literally Yeah, none. no, there's none. I, I was, I was and so, they're, they're, so they're, the, the, re the reason that they were pushing for... Uh, this this is where it comes from. This is where the angers come from. Is fully based on the idea that the, the election was stolen, and it's such an absurd claim. Yeah, yeah. That's so unbased in reality that it's just like there's no way you could respect these people. Absolutely, absolutely. And it seems like it is. I, I get exactly your point of the fact that the problem is with it is that you need it needs to go through the proper legal parameters to actually get yeah. denied on it and it's like he i think something like 40 or 60 court cases he's had dismissed yeah which you'd think would be the be all and end all of it but the point is now we're not living in a pl in a time when reality is important the it's idea is important yeah if trump keeps repeating the same terminology that the vote has been stolen then people will believe it yeah and, and it doesn't matter how many legal yeah. proceedings it goes through because the legal proceedings are just another expression of the establishment who are also trying to steal the vote from him yeah and it's uh, i i think my my he's trying to be a martyr my, my view on how the lecture i think biden in his speech to say shouldn't have kept pushing for the dignity of a, the office which is his the whole yeah, the whole yeah. the, the campaign thing was get return, down and return dignity. he should be like trump mate what the fuck are you talking about or like you know in presidential terms 
Are you mental? Yeah. It, I wish there was are more of that. What is... are you talking about, you yeah. moron? Like, I wish there was more of that because that is something that was completely justified for him to say. Of yeah. like, are you kidding me? There's literally no evidence, you fucking The thing is, because he has to do the presidential office thing because he can't get That's into his... that kind of ma- that kind of like linguistic argument with him because Trump does it better than he does. It's true. And and also, I think, I, I, I would, you know, looking at how the security guards do, obviously it's terrifying for a lot of the security yards but i i really feel like someone going shouting or being yeah. like get the fuck out get yeah, out yeah. of here what are you doing <laughs> i think you know yeah, yeah. for me if i was walking in if i was strongly i think that might have scared me a little bit but there was just oh, a, oh. <laughs> there was okay, just a lack of even Jesus. like yeah um i think just a big booming voice might have actually maybe if the voice of god himself came down open from the heavens I told everyone to just pack it in, chill out, go home. You're not going to do anything. And the reality, if you get in, all you're going to do is maybe sit at the fucking lectern and have a look at the paintings or just pick up Must be pretty pick up something. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an experience. It's a pretty cool photo, to be fair. Yeah, you've got to give them that. They've got some mad hashtag grams out of it. Um, okay, I I think we can leave it there. You got any yeah. more, anything else to say? No, I think, I think we're good on that. I think we're good on that. All right. Um, so our final point is that the election was stolen and Trump is a rightful winner. Trump is the rightful winner and uh, we should try and do something like that uh, here. Yeah. Um, let's start. Let's, 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 let's get into Westminster. But let's not storm Westminster. Let's storm like St. Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. Just even more pointless. Yeah. Just kind of go in there and be like, yeah, well, we're, we're in. <sighs> the election was rigged. <laughs> There's a couple of dislikes. And then just have a look around. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Oh, I didn't know Shakespeare was buried. <laughs> <laughs> Um, see you next week guys